Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Agyana Timirandasya, Jana Jana Shalakaya, Chakshurun Militam Jaina, Tasmai Shri Guru Namaha. I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. Sri Chaitanya Manovistam Stapitam Jena Bhutale, Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadatit Swapadantikam. When will Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, who has established within this material world the mission to fulfill the desire of Lord Chaitanya, give me shelter under his lotus feet? Vancha Kalpa Tarubrasya Kripa Sanubayavacha Patitanam Pavanebio Vaishnavebio Namonamaha. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Vaishnav devotees of the Lord. They are just like desire trees and can fulfill the desires of everyone. And they are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda. I offer my respectful obeisances unto Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Lord Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Pandit Shivas Thakur and all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So today is Tuesday, April 27th, 2021, and we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Creation, Chapter 7, The Son of Drona Punished. Text 11. Harer gunak sitta matir. Bhagavan badarayane anahi. Adyagan mahadakyanam. Nityam vishnu janapriya. Bhagavan Badarayani Adyagan Mahadakyanam Nityam Vishnu Janapriya Hare of Hari, the personality of Godhead. Guna, transcendental attributes. Aksipta, being absorbed in. Mati, mind. Bhagavan, powerful. Badarayani, the son of Vyasadev. Adhyagat underwent studies. Mahat, great. Akyanam, 
narration, nityam, regularly, vishnujana, devotees of the Lord, priya, beloved. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. Srila Sukadev Goswami, son of Srila Vyasadev, was not only transcendentally powerful, he was also very dear to the devotees of the Lord. Thus, he underwent the study of this great narration, Srimad Bhagavatam. According to Brahma Vaivartha Purana, Srila Sukadev Goswami was a liberated soul even within the womb of his mother. Srila Vyasadev knew that the child, after his birth, would not stay at home. Therefore he, Vyasadev, impressed upon him the synopsis of the Bhagavatam so that the child could be made attached to the transcendental activities of the Lord. After his birth, the child was still more educated in the subject of the Bhagavatam by recitation of the actual poems. The idea is that generally the liberated souls are attached to the feature of impersonal Brahman with the monistic view of becoming one with the supreme whole. But by the association of pure devotees like Vyasadeva, even the liberated soul becomes attracted to the transcendental qualities of the Lord. By the mercy of Sri Narada, Srila Vyasadeva was able to narrate the great epic of Srimad Bhagavatam. And by the mercy of Vyasadeva, Srila Sukadev Goswami was able to grasp the import. The transcendental qualities of the Lord are so attractive that Srila Sukadev Goswami became detached from being completely absorbed in, in personal Brahman and positively took up the personal activity of the Lord. Practically, he was thrown from the impersonal conception of the Absolute, thinking within himself that he had simply wasted so much time in devoting himself to the impersonal feature of the Supreme. Or in other words, he realized more transcendental bliss with the personal feature than the impersonal. And from that time, not only did he himself become very dear to the Vishnujanas, or the devotees of the Lord, but also the Vishnujanas became very dear to him. The devotees of the Lord, who do not wish to kill the individuality of the living entities, and who desire to become personal servitors of the Lord, do not very much like the impersonalists. And similarly, the impersonalists who desire to become one with the Supreme are unable to evaluate the devotees of the Lord. Thus, from time immemorial, these two transcendental pilgrims have sometimes been competitors. In other words, each of them likes to keep separate from the other because of the ultimate personal and impersonal realizations. Therefore, it appears that Srila Sukadev Goswami also had no liking for the devotees. But since he himself had become, became a saturated devotee, he desired always the transcendental association of the Vishnu Janas. And the Vishnu Janas also liked his association, since he became a personal Bhagavata. Thus, both the son and the father were completely cognizant of transcendental knowledge in Brahman, and afterwards, both of them became absorbed in the personal features of the Supreme Lord. The question as to how Sukadev Goswami was attracted by the narration of the Bhagavatam is thus completely answered by this shloka.
So we'll read the verse again. Srila Sukadev Goswami, son of Srila Vyasadev, was not only transcendentally powerful, he was also very dear to the devotees of the Lord. Thus he underwent the study of this great narration, Srimad Bhagavatam. So this verse today makes a very important, it makes a few important points. <clears throat> it glorifies the devotees, for one, right? Because one, it's glorifying Sukadev Goswami, it's glorifying Vyasadev, and then it's also glorifying all the devotees of the Lord. And it advises studying the Srimad Bhagavatam. When we read through the purport, Srimad Srila Prabhupada talks a little bit more about the impersonal and the personal features of Bhagavan or God, like Krishna. So the most important point here is that association of advanced devotees is essential for developing attachment to Krishna. And that's basically what we're striving for, right? We're striving to associate with devotees. And this last year, it's been really difficult because we've been in lockdown. We've been separated from each other. And we've had to find creative ways to associate with each other. We've had so many classes on Zoom, which has been really nice, right? Because we get to attend classes all over the world. We're not just limited to attending classes here in Dallas. And people that and advanced devotees that we may never have had association of, we got to take association of through this technology of online, you know, video streaming classes. So we really are very fortunate during this time. I think that's been one of the great blessings of the pandemic has been how it's opened up the world to each other so much more. So we know that there are four kinds of people that seek higher knowledge, right? They want to learn more, that there's something more in this life than just this pursuit of material wealth and birth, death, old age, disease, all this miseries of the material world. And in the Bhagavad Gita in 7.16, Krishna says, Oh, best among the Bharatas, four kinds of pious persons began to render devotional service unto me the distressed, the desire of wealth, the inquisitive, and one who is searching for knowledge of the absolute. So the inquisitive is kind of equated to the jnana bhaktas, the people that are seeking knowledge. And a lot of times they come to the conclusion of impersonal brahman. And so... That's what, the, you know, they study, they're on the same path. Prabhupada describes this as the sun shine, the sun itself, and then the sun planet, entering into the sun planet. So the sun shine is like the impersonal Brahman, and the sun is Paramatma. And then when you delve in deeper into the planet, the sun's surface, that's, you know, Krishna, the um, Bhagavan, the personal aspect of Krishna. And the only way we can attain Krishna is by pure devotion. You know, we can't, if we seek wealth, um, if we're turning to him from, you know, wanting to be 
relieved of the miseries of the material world. You know, he can surely do that. He can award us liberation from distress. He can, avoid, he can grant us wealth if he so wishes. And he can give us all the knowledge that we want that we can attain liberation. That's not such a difficult thing on some level, right? It's really easily given. We hear so many things about, um, you know, if you do this, you attain liberation. Even in this verse, it says that when the Srimad Bhagavatam was spoken from Vyasadev to Sukadev Goswami while he was still in the womb, he attained liberation. We also hear the example of, you know, if we become a pure devotee, 21 generations before and after become liberated. Um, it doesn't say that 21 generations before or after become pure devotees of Krishna. They become liberated. And I've discussed before about the different types of liberation, um, of which this pure devotional service to Krishna is the highest. And it's really practically what we are all going for. But it's only available... For in a rare occasion, right? In Bhagavad Gita, no, it's 719. I thought I had quoted it. Anyway, the verse says that um, there are many births, but it's rare, you know, birth after birth we can seek knowledge, but it's uh, the one that seeks devotion and comes to Krishna is very rare. So, you know, we see that it's not very easy to attain pure devotional service. And liberation is subservient to devotion. So devotion, like I said, is higher. And liberation is attractive to those that are seeking knowledge, the inquisitive people. Because they're... Because... It doesn't necessarily require giving up all of your desires, your attachments, because you can stay attached to your intelligence, and you can stay attached to the mental platform and that thinking part. And when you um, are thinking of everything kind of like merging into the impersonal Brahman, then you don't have to worry about a personal relationship with another person, right? And when we have relationships with people, that's when we get the most amount of pleasure, the most amount of drama, the most amount of misery. So having relationships with people can be difficult. And when we only have the examples of the relationships that we have in the material world, you can see sometimes why we would want to not have any relationships and merge into the personal Brahman. Um, sometimes, you know, in the case of a romantic relationship, you know, we hear often that, in the beginning, everything is so sweet and wonderful and lovely, and um, you know you fall in love with the person's quirks and all their little idiosyncrasies. And then, as you get to know each other more, all those quirks and idiosyncrasies start to annoy you. And you know you have there's so many things that you have to like compromise in order to make the relationship work. So you know, often we see people feel like they're giving up parts of themselves or they're getting giving more than they're getting. And, you know, there's always these arguments that happen within a couple, right? I've heard the argument of, you know, the right way to, um, 
you know, put toothpaste on your toothbrush, right? Do you squeeze from the bottom? Do you squeeze in the middle? The right way to load the toilet paper roll, right? So these are like little things that you have to tolerate when you're with somebody else. The relationships can be very difficult. And so when you're thinking of liberation, you're thinking liberation of that as well. But that's a level of material attachment to not to want to be free of that type of misery, right? That relationship misery. Because pure devotional service is not like that. Love is pure, and love is not transactional. It doesn't depend on, you know, if you do this for me, then I will love you. And, you know, if I'm a certain way, then I will be loved, right? If I am rich enough, successful enough, pretty enough, thin enough, all these things, then I'll be loved, right? But it's not like that. Love is given freely. It doesn't depend on any of that stuff. And that's what Krishna does. He loves us freely. He loves everyone. But those that are his devotees are very dear to him. He says in Bhagavad Gita 7.17, the one who is in full knowledge and who is always engaged in pure devotional service is the best for I am very dear to them, and they are dear to me. So Krishna doesn't have any favorites, right? He doesn't favor anyone. He is equal to everyone. But once somebody becomes a devotee, we become very dear to him, right? And he's very dear to us, so it's reciprocated. So because Krishna's the same, you know, he's equal to everyone, Krishna doesn't actually award devotional service to us. Because if he did, then we would see that everyone, every living entity would have pure devotional service. I mean, pure devotional love for Krishna. They would be in that pure um, relationship with him. But they're not, right? Because he doesn't award bhakti, devotion, you know, so easily. He actually doesn't award it at all. Who awards it to us are his devotees. So we actually have to get the mercy of the devotees in order to be able to become pure devotional, to have pure devotional service for Krishna, to have that pure love of God. So the point here is that without the association devotees, we cannot get um, love for Krishna. And when we have association of devotees, when we have the mercy of devotees, Krishna automatically gives us his mercy because he listens to the devotees. Because the, his devotees are very dear to him. So when, you know, let's say a spiritual master like Srila Prabhupada, you know, says, hey, you know, Jay Sri Radhe is a, a nice devotee, then Krishna will start to take interest in me, right? And that's when my devotion will bloom is because I have this stamp of approval from Srila Prabhupada in my spiritual master. So that's what we need. We need that mercy and association of, of pure devotees. Now we can also see here that you know, Srila Sukadev Goswami had association of pure devotees, right? His dad Vyasadeva was instructed by Narada Muni. So, and he was a pure devotee, and he wrote the entire Bhagavatam. 
So Srila Sukadeva Goswami heard the entire Bhagavatam in the womb. But he still was impersonal, right? He was still thinking in terms of impersonal liberation, thinking he was a jnani, until he underwent studies of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So even though he had pure um, association with a pure devotee, he still had to study the Srimad Bhagavatam. So it kind of tells us that if someone as great and liberated as Srila Sukadev Goswami has to study the Srimad Bhagavatam, that means we do too. And that's why Srila Prabhupada took so much time to uh, translate the Srimad Bhagavatam. You know, like I mentioned this over and over again, but in the Hare Krishna movie, we see that Srila Prabhupada is translating the Srimad Bhagavatam with his dying breath. He's on his deathbed and he's still continuing to translate the Srimad Bhagavatam because that's how important he felt it was for us to have this information, this knowledge, that we can study it daily. He also established this Srimad Bhagavatam class in the morning, every morning, right, so that we can continue to study the Srimad Bhagavatam. So he felt that, well, he didn't feel, he knew that it's really important. And this verse really um, highlights that. It really exemplifies how important it is that we study the Srimad Bhagavatam. And because the Srimad Bhagavatam is really non-different from Krishna and his devotees, if all we had was the Srimad Bhagavatam and we were far away and we didn't have internet, we could still have association by reading every single day. And it doesn't feel like it because we're still conditioned. And as long as we're conditioned, we tend to see things very impersonally. We don't see the person in the Srimad Bhagavatam. We don't see Krishna in the Srimad Bhagavatam. You know, chanting our rounds, it's a, it's a it's the time that we sit down and actually talk to Krishna. It's our one-on-one time with Krishna. But because we still have this impersonal mentality, we don't see it as Krishna sitting there in front of us, talking with us. We just see it as, you know, we've got some beads in our hand and we're chanting and there are just some words, you know, that we maybe see it saying over and over again, whereas actually it is Krishna. You know, sometimes we can look at the deities here and, you know, we want to see Krishna. We want to see that this is actually Radha Krishna. But because we don't have that level of realization, we still may just see a beautifully decorated stone, marble statue. Um so, you know, we do a lot of these things so that we can start, we can realize that Krishna is a person and we have a unique and personal relationship with Krishna. So each and every one of us are individual and unique. <clears throat> it's not that, you know, we all have the same relationship with Krishna and we all are the same per- people and we're, you know, we're just kind of clones of each other and we all have, you know, we're the same people up in the spiritual world. In the spiritual world, we're individual, unique, living entities, spirit souls. And we each have our own individual relationship with Krishna. And when we surrender ourselves to our guru, to advanced devotees, all they do is help us to understand that we are spirit souls. They guide us and instruct us in reading the Srimad Bhagavatam. Because it's not just important to read the Srimad Bhagavatam. We have to do it in the under the guidance of 
a very senior advanced devotee under the guidance of our guru or spiritual master. I think in the um, Bhagavad Gita, the first verse, in the purport of the first verse, Srila Prabhupada really discusses this, that it's really important to read these scriptures under the guidance of your guru or of a spiritual master, advanced spiritual, um, advanced devotee. So, even if, like I was saying, that even if we are cut off from the world, don't have internet, and all we had were the books, well, Srila Prabhupada wrote extensive purports, not just translating the Srimad Bhagavatam, but purports. So reading Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita and Prabhupada's Srimad Bhagavatam already comes with it the guidance of an advanced spiritual uh, devotee of Krishna. So that's why it's really important to to study, right? to study the Srimad Bhagavatam. Oh, here it is. I just didn't have it labeled. So, Bhagavad Gita 719, After many births and deaths, one who is actually in knowledge surrenders unto me, knowing me to be the cause of all causes and all that is. Such a great soul is very rare. So when we read this and we understand that we're here, and we are actually not just studying to learn the knowledge of the world and the universe, you know, of the material world versus the spiritual world. We're actually learning who Krishna is, what he likes. How do we surrender to him? So it says such a great soul is very rare. So it's really rare that we're here, you know, at this time, in this place, um, you know, in the year 2021, that we have so many wonderful devotees that we can take association with. And if we look at, you know, Srila Prabhupada's mission and his pranam mantra, I think it's the other one over there, Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pacharina Nirvasesha Sunyavari Pashachadrishtarina. As Srila Prabhupada came to help us, you know, destroy impersonalism and voidism in the Western world, that's his mission, right? And our mission as followers of Srila Prabhupada, is to follow that, is to establish bhakti above voidism and impersonalism. And that was the message of Lord Chaitanya. He Actually, the true message of Lord Chaitanya was the Srimad Bhagavatam. And he taught, and the Srimad Bhagavatam lays out all of this knowledge in a very systematic way. And we can tell because we're reading each verse at a time, you know, um, over the course of 18 years, I think it takes about to get through all of the the entire Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, so it's very systematic, and we see how it's laid out. You know, over and over, we're we're slowly learning about who we are, where did we come from, and what is our purpose. So we want to make sure that we're studying it. Every single day, we want to make sure that we're setting the Srimad Bhagavatam. Because we also have this desire of finding this love for Krishna, this pure devotional service, this pure devotional love, and surrendering to Krishna. 
And so when we study the Shrimad Bhagavatam, we realize that it's very potent, that each verse is very potent. Actually, each word that is written out here. You know, if Yasudev was a great poet, and then, you know, um, so he was really particular and um, meticulous about what words he chose, you know, in order to spread this message, to share this message. And we also learn that, you know, there are different paths to liberation, that all paths eventually lead to Krishna. Um, and if we have some attachment to, you know, knowledge seeking, if we have some attachment to austerity, to charity, that we learn that we can dovetail these material desires that we have with Krishna's desires, right? So even though I have this desire for knowledge, that if I study Krishna's um Krishna, who Krishna is in the Srimad Bhagavatam, or whatever knowledge that I attain, I use it in service of Krishna. That's dovetailing the, um, my material desires. So that's actually you know, one good way that we can practically learn to start surrendering to Krishna. Higher than that is whatever you want me to do. right? Whatever, Krishna, you want me to do, that's what I'll do. Not disregarding what my desires are, disregarding what you know, what I think I want, what I think you want me to do, whatever it is that you want to do. And that's much harder to do. So in that sense, Krishna says, you know, for us to um, come to devotion and that all paths will eventually lead to liberation, but we can take it one step further to coming to devotion. So we can't get this love for Krishna and bhakti just by praying and offering, you know, uh, service, offering austerities, sacrifices. Um, it only comes from pure devotion, from a pure advanced devotee. And so that means it's really important that we have advanced devotees to associate with. Right? But it also means that it's important that we ourselves become such devotees that other people can associate with. And that's really what Srila Prabhupada's true mission was. right? He said everyone should become a guru. Everyone should be qualified enough to become a guru. That was also what Lord Chaitanya said. He wanted everyone to spread this message of Krishna consciousness, of love for Krishna, of love for God. So he wants all of us to teach the Srimad Bhagavatam, to understand this um, so that we can, you know, spread this love everywhere. Because everyone basically is pure devotees of Krishna, right? All, every single living entity on this planet, in this material world, are already pure devotees of Krishna. But some of us are more conditioned and have much more coverings so that we're not in touch with our true self. And our false ego is what we associate with as as being who we are. So when we um, spread this message of Krishna consciousness or we live by example in such a way that it attracts people to 
you know, to what it is that we're doing, what are we studying, what knowledge that do we have, then that, that, you know, the covering that's covering who they truly are starts to clear. And that bhakti that they already have within them starts to get nourished and can start to slowly grow. And it may just be in this lifetime, you know, they, the, um, whoever comes across this knowledge may just uh, take up just enough, you know, like it starts to open their heart just enough that next time, next life, they may pick up from, they pick up from where they left off and they're able to, you know, delve even deeper or come right away to this information and learning who they are. Like, well, Srila Sukadev Goswami is a pure, um, eternally liberated person, but we can still see that from birth, you know, in his womb, he was, he came across the Srimad Bhagavatam. Right? So he had a very exalted birth even. So when we come across our, you know, this knowledge of devotional service, we get the association of devotees, of pure devotees. Even if in this lifetime we don't seek to, you know, flourish that devotional creeper, um, we'll take a birth in such a way that it'll be easier for us to come across this information again, to come across the devotees again, and pick up where we left off. So, um, I think Srila Prabhupada said, wherever we go, whoever we meet, speak to them about Bhagavad Gita, about the Srimad Bhagavatam, about this knowledge, because we want to make sure that we're spreading out, you know, we're starting to chisel away all these con- uh, conditioning of everyone as much as we can, you know, to everyone. And so the books, the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Bhagavad Gita, is more longer lasting. We may have a conversation with someone, you know, even this class is, what, an hour maybe? But if you have the books, that's a lifetime. Like you can constantly read from the books. Um, and then they, not just you, but other people that come across the books, you know, in your household. Or um, I've seen people sell books to the bookstores and then somebody else gets that book. And, you know, that book, that knowledge continues to travel all around everywhere, touching all these different lives, more so than just that one, one-on-one contact from the book itself or just this one-hour class. So it's really important that we study the Srimad Bhagavatam so that we ourselves can have this knowledge and become devotees that are of somewhat advanced uh, nature. And that way we can gain association from our spiritual masters and those that are advanced than us, but we can also give association to those that are not as advanced or they're just starting their their path on this service, on this um, journey to devotional service. All right, so that's all I have. What questions do you have? So there are different kinds. So the question is, um, when devotees, um, when devotees become pure devotees, right? When we become pure devotees, we have 
um, liberation for 21, uh, sorry, I'm looking for the information, for 21 generations above and beyond, but they're not, um, they're not uh, receiving devotional service or devotion, pure bhakti, it's just liberation. So let's see, there's different kinds of liberation, um, They can get any kind. Usually it's the impersonal Brahman. I gave a class last year on the different types of liberation, and I'm trying to look and see if I can find the verse. Okay, so there is Salokya, Samipya, Sarupya, Sarshti, and Sayujya. And saloka means that after material liberation, one is promoted to the planet where the supreme personality of Godhead resides. So that's Vaikuntha Loka. Samipya means remaining an associate of the supreme personality of Godhead. Surapya means attaining a four-handed form, exactly that, like that of the Lord. And Sarshti means attaining opulences like those of the supreme Lord. And Sayujya means merging into the Brahman effulgence of the Lord. So those are the types of liberation. And so in the purport of 10.920, Srila Prabhupada says, when after liberation, one is situated on the platform of prema bhakta, one is said to have achieved vimukti, special mukti, special liberation. So that's what our goal is. Right, so, you know, we remember during Kartik, we sing the Dhammadar prayers. And in the prayers, it says, although you are able to give all kinds of benedictions, right, we just described the five types of benedictions, I do not pray to you for liberation, nor eternal life in Vaikuntha, which is the Salokya, nor any other boon. I do not even want to know your feature of Paramatma, which is the Sarupya liberation. And he says, millions of opulences are of no use to me, which is the sarshti type of liberation. And he says, I have no desire for liberation into your effulgence, sayujya. So basically, those are the types of liberation that are freely offered because they're not the highest form, which is transcendental love for Krishna. It just they get liberation, so it doesn't say which type. It could be any of those five, I think. All right, so thank you very much. Tarantara Shimad Bhagavatam ki.